and welcome to Kayla and Harrison. Won't shut up. They certainly I had won't. A, I, I had a dream that um, I was going to transition my weird noises I make at the end of our intro um, into Wrecking Ball. Ooh. To be an, an on-theme musical transition into this episode, but I... Well, I love that. We should still, yeah, uh, we should still do that at some point. Well, remind me at the end when we're doing outro. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Because um, yes. that song is totally relevant to today's episode. What, what movie are we talking about today, Harrison? Today we're talking about the 2015? <laughs> the 2015 Christmas comedy stoner film directed by Jonathan Levine and written by Levine, Evan Goldberg, Kyle Hunter, and Ariel Schaefer. It stars <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, and Anthony Mackie. And it's called The Night Before. It sure is. Um, did you know that all three of these people have played superheroes? Oh. Uh, uh. And I'm, yeah, okay, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Robin. Is, is, he's implied to be Robin at the end of The Dark Knight Rises. Worst Batman film. Continue. Uh, of all of them or of that trilogy? Of that trilogy. Well. Okay. Actually, uh. The, uh whatever next I actually, Seth Rogen ba- what superhero is he <laughs> he okay so I was hoping I would remember by the time we got to Seth Rogen but what the hell he was in a superhero movie and he was like a rich oh what the hell movie was that oh no I'm not making it up I'm looking it up it's green something but not green lantern green hornet right so oh, was yes. he the green hornet or yeah, was he his was. friend the green hornet and he was the sidekick no the sidekick's the man with the shoe i don't remember Uh, i don't remember the point is and then anthony mackie of course who knows just kidding he's the most famous of them because he's falcon from the avengers Mm, it's true and he's so good at falcon i you know i never saw that last avengers movie and i'm actually not a big avengers fan in general and it's not because i'm a movie snob it's because i'm a lazy person oh and i don't see movies unless they're horror movies or you tell me to watch them well, we're not going to watch that because I don't feel like watching all 17 that lead up to it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, done. And as everyone here knows, we have to do things completely in order. We really... <laughs> <laughs> so true, maybe. Not really at all. No. Um, okay, so this film is The Night Before. And yes. It is, I don't know that I would call it a stoner film. I 100% would call it a stoner film. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, okay. So for if I may, another may. Seth Rogen film that I just recently rewatched, which is Pineapple Express. Yes. Classic. That's a stoner film. It's literally about smoking weed, and it is about weed. This film has drugs in it, and I guess drugs push the plot. But oh. I wouldn't call it. A, I wouldn't call it a stoner. It's not like Harold and Kumar. Right? Or Pineapple Express or Cheech and Chong or anything like that. Yeah, I think all of the things that you just listed fall in the same category of movie. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I would definitely call this a stoner film. I mean, the whole plot centers around essentially a drug dealer named Mr. Something. Oh, shit. What is his name? He's so great. Mr. Green? Mr. Green. Green? Yeah. Yes, Mr. Green. Um, Okay, which is a very 
marijuana y name. Yeah, and they all have to smoke weed to be in the car with him. All right, all right, okay, okay, okay. I'm just, I'm just saying that I don't think of it as a stoner film. That's and okay. as you're going to learn throughout the course of this episode, I have watched this film 1,000 million times. I love that for you. I have seen the <laughs> film once um, because it, uh, I'm because not like I the biggest. you to watch it. Well, you did not beg me. You just said it was really good and I should watch it. And I was like, sure, I haven't seen this. And I have seen, I wouldn't say I've seen most Christmas films, but I've seen most that are really like commercially successful, popular Christmas films, I think I would say. Mm. Wait, can I start then with a question for you, Harrison? Yes. Harrison, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Batman Returns. Next question. Let me restate the question. <laughs> What's your actual favorite, like a Christmas movie that's not just take, like not Die Hard, not any of Batman anything's, not just just a movie that is specifically about Christmas. Um, and not not Black Christmas. That doesn't count either. Uh, I guess probably a Christmas story. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The is, one with the with the BB gun. Yeah, and simply because I had to watch it every year, and it kind of became like a family tradition of sorts. I've seen that movie more times than probably any other movie. What movie did we watch where the person who directed the Christmas Story directed the film? Black Christmas. No. Bob Clark. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, really? Mm-hmm. The which one? The original Black Christmas. The original Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay, I believe you. Well, you're right. Shit. He's a freak for Christmas. Well, I'll be googledy-gorked. He also did Porky's, which I did not enjoy. Yeah, hard one to uh, back now. Um, do you, do you <laughs> it does not age well. Well, granted. I, I saw it recently. Harrison, do you have a question for me? I'm just waiting for you to ask me a question. What's your favorite... Christmas well, you know movie. what? I don't. I don't, Harrison. I don't feel ready to reveal that yet. Okay. By the end of this episode, maybe we'll know. Yes. Is that safe to bet? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, I had never seen this movie. Honestly, I've never even seen a trailer for this movie. I don't know how I missed this movie, but it just completely. I don't know what I was doing in 2015, but it wasn't watching movies. So, apparently, <laughs> apparently. Um, and this movie, uh, was fun. So, how, do you want to do the plot? How should we do this? <laughs> <laughs> how do we do the podcast? I will give the plot. The plot is that uh, a young man, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who, for the record, I will probably call Justin Gordon-Levitt at least fifty times. During wait, this wait. Episode. Before we before we go any further, do you like yes. this movie because? Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks like Michael, and he's the star of this movie. Thank you for... I'm going to tell... Michael! (laughs) (laughs) You're going to scare him. I might. He probably has his headphones on, and he just heard me screaming, and he probably thinks I'm not okay. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I have regrets. He didn't hear me. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But thank you for saying that my husband looks like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is why I married him. Mm-hmm. Uh, because um you know third rock from the sun when i was a child and i thought i'm gonna marry you joseph gordon levitt and then i saw michael and thought eh, he'll do <laughs> <laughs> um no 
Thank you, you jerk. No, I'm going to get into the reasons as this episode progresses in an organic fashion. All right. I love that. Let's Harrison. do it. Okay, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt, again, Joseph, as much as I think that he is such a beautiful man, I can't handle his name. Let's and call him the- Ethan, because his name is Ethan in this movie. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. <laughs> Ethan. I just want to establish that it's not that he has two last names. Is That's not what throws me off. It's that Joseph sounds like Justin. Are they the same name? Is he Justin Long? <gasps> that's the problem! <gasps> Wait, that's exactly the problem. He kind of looks like Justin Long. A little bit. They both have brown hair, Holy and they're both white. Holy god except justin long was in that terrible movie which i will never speak of again okay because it gives me horrors what it's that one about him turning into a walrus have we not talked about this? oh tusk okay i thought you were talking about jeepers creepers and i was like oh well yeah the director is a piece of shit (laughs) oh well yeah it makes more sense i mean maybe kevin smith is a piece of shit i don't think he is anywho he's vegan now did tusk oh good for him um i don't uh, yeah he did do tusk i think well, it's a piece of balloons, and I don't want to think about it. I hope it doesn't exist someday, somehow. Okay. Anyway, Ethan, thank you. <laughs> Ethan, um, one one year when he's younger than he is in the film, uh, his parents die on Christmas Eve, and he's an only child, and so he's alone on Christmas, and his two best friends are like, this is fucked up. We're going to spend Christmas with you. Don't even worry about it. And then for many years, as they grow older, they continue that tradition. and Which includes? The, we, I was Yeah, so important to the plot is that they find out about this very, very, uh, like, luxurious, exclusive Christmas party um, that happens somewhere in their city. But it's, like, secret invite only. And so they always want to be invited, but they can never figure it out. And that's the backup, or the backup, the background of the film. Mm-hmm. But then the film itself... But also they have they have a tradition every year where they go and do like the same amount of things in sequence. Oh yeah, like they, they go get Chinese food at the same Chinese food restaurant and they like do karaoke. Um Yes, you're right. Ugh. And then What a great city. New York. I mean on it I was about to say they're supposed to be in New York, right? I don't know. Oh, they're definitely they ever... in they're definitely in New York. Okay, I don't know that they ever are like, you know how like sometimes you watch a film or watch a TV show and it's like, you're supposed to be in New York, but they never say. It's like Oh no, they definitely are because they go to, um, uh, not Isaac, is it Isaac? No, Chris, they go to Chris's mother's house and she's in Queens, right? Oh, right, 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 you're right. Chris is, Chris is Anthony Mackie, mm-hmm. yes, and Isaac is Seth. Who's a famous athlete now. Yes, and Seth Green is married, and his wife is pregnant, and at first he's not freaking out about it, but as the film progresses, he's freaking out about it. But the point is that that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is sort of in an arrested development state, where he, he, he's not really got a lot going on in his personal life, he just broke up with a long-term girlfriend, he's professionally going nowhere, and he's just sort of not really doing anything at least compared to his friends you know his his um friend isaac who is married and is about to have a kid and then his friend chris who's like a a football star um and isaac is like a famous or not he's not famous but he's um a successful psychologist family 
I don't remember what he does. He his I think the big thing is that like the Isaac character represents family and and relationships, like romantic relationships and having a family. And then Chris represents uh like the career success. Right. Um, and uh, and Ethan is a musician. Yes, but he doesn't he's not like a popular successful musician. He just like is one. Um yeah, and so the the idea is that um, Isaac and, and Chris are like, listen, we've been we've been kind of maybe maybe enabling our friend every year, where we we spend all this time with him and we make sure he doesn't have to think about anything serious on Christmas, but like we've both got stuff going on in our lives now, and 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 Ethan's just not doing anything, and it would probably be best for all of us if we stop doing these sorts of silly traditions. Um, and moved on, and moved on, remain friends, but acknowledge that we're we're separating. We're not as close as we were. Which is sad. What, I mean, that is a sad, that was a, sad. a sort of sad aspect of the film, but anyway. It's also very realistic. I mean, you know, so they're theoretically, what they say they've been doing it for like 15 years. So theoretically, um, they're all in their, math. they're all in their early 30s. I mean, we're in our thir- early 30s. It's like, it's pretty relatable to think, you know, you have close friends and traditions and at a certain point, you know, you, you all have your own lives and where does your, where do your friendship traditions fit in to your, your life in your thirties? It is depressing because it's so real. Yeah. So real. But then meanwhile, meanwhile, Ethan has stolen tickets to this famous fancy exclusive christmas party um and so even though it's going to be the last christmas that they hang out together it's going to be the big blowout because he has these tickets to this fancy party and um isaac seth rogan's wife has purchased him a box full of drugs apparently on craigslist um and it is presumed that it is for all three friends to take them all but instead, <laughs> what happens is he is the only person who takes all the drugs throughout the evening. It is really funny. Um, I don't know. I feel like, so first of all, his wife is played by Jillian Bell, who I love. She's from Workaholics. Yes. Um, she's the, um, is, it her, is her name Jillian in Workaholics? That's funny. Um, so she's hilarious. Um, she, I, I feel like. She, because he says at one point during the film, like, oh, yeah, I've got weed in here, but it's just like a little joint, even though there was like a whole huge bag of shrooms. And he's like, I just don't think she understands enough about drugs to know that this is a very small amount of weed compared to this absurd amount of everything else. Um, And I feel like her intention is just to be like, you know what? You're about to be a father. This is your last Christmas with your boy. (laughs) Take all of these drugs. And I have no concept of how fucked up it will make you <laughs> yeah and it does make him uh, fucked up i do feel like that's kind of like um when people think about this movie i think that's what they think of they think of seth rogan and his little his little box of drugs because he is obliterated this whole film yes um and it's fucking hilarious <laughs> yes so as the night progresses they go through their little traditions and things and end up in a bar and they run into Ethan's ex. Who's that girl from Mean Girls? Yes. Um, 
you think everyone's obsessed with you, but actually they just hate you. Yeah, what's her name? The actress is Gretchen? No. No, I did this last time. I kept saying yeah, the wrong name. Yeah, we thought it was Gretchen Wieners. I don't remember her name either, but her actress's name Lizzie Kaplan. The hell is her character in Mean Girls? Hold on. This is important. This is important. Oh, she was also in Freaks and Geeks. Oh, really? Wow. She so she's had a Geeks? long relationship with Seth Rogen then. Oh my god. I haven't thought about Freaks and Geeks in so long. She was Janice Ian. Janice. God, that's a... No offense, anyone listening whose name is Janice. All of our viewers' names all are Janice. Of our, all of our Janices, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so they run into her and her friend, and Seth Rogen's character gets oh, the friend friend's phone. Mindy Colling, and they get their phones mixed up. And then I... she's getting dicks, dick pics sent to her, and <laughs> Seth Rogen thinks that the person is sending them to him. Which is a really yeah. funny exchange, and also, yes. like, could have gone the way of being really offensive, and instead was, like, pretty funny. Yes, no, I, honestly, there's, a, there's I feel like, a lot in this film that maybe could have been, uh, not, because it's, insens- insensitive is not the right word. There's a lot of jokes here that could have felt really flat and felt really, um, just, like, not funny, just shitty. Yeah. But I and most of them are based in Seth Rogen's character, and I just feel like this film is so good with them instead of being shitty. Like, yeah. Seth Rogen, oh my god. This, so him him with the dick pics is hilarious, and it's not homophobic. And then him in the church is fucking Yeah, that's hilarious. so good. That's literally, oh my god. <laughs> I and can't even, yeah. I don't even want to, you gotta watch it. It's so funny. <laughs> So they end up at the party, and then it just, through a crazy sort of amount of events, they end up trying to get to this party, but their friend, who's the famous football player now, Anthony Mackie, whose Mm -hmm. character's name is Chris, um, wants to impress the people that are on the football team with him, and they happen to be at this party, and they want him to pick up a bunch of weed. And he um, can't smoke weed, quote-unquote, because he is an athlete. And anyway, he's on steroids. It's revealed pretty early on in the film um, in order to make himself a stronger athlete and better performer. So they meet up with their drug dealer, Mr. Green. Who um, they say was their drug dealer when they were in grade school, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of like the ghost of Christmas past, I would say, in this film. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of, like, what he's representing. But he's kind of like the philosopher, stoner of the movie. And mm-hmm. they pick up some drugs. And then uh, Chris randomly meets this girl at the bar, right? Al- Alana Glazer. Yes. Glazer. From Broad City. From Broad City. And she steals his drugs. And there's kind of, like, a chase that unfolds. Um, and she jumps off a building into a dumpster. Oh, and she makes an excellent Die Hard reference. <laughs> yes. And then they have to go back to Mr. Green to get more drugs because they lost those. Um, meanwhile, Seth Rogen records a video, uh, basically screaming into the phone saying that he doesn't want to have a baby. Um, and he's not ready and the baby's going to grow up to be, 
you know, a failure in life and he's going to be a failure as a father and he doesn't want it and he doesn't, he doesn't want to be a father where previously his wife had described him as her rock through her anxieties of pregnancy. Yes. So it's kind of, um, oh yeah, all of them are kind of have imposter syndrome, I think. Like, it's revealed throughout the movie. <laughs> it, you know, it's set up in the film that, like, maybe Chris, um, the football player, and Isaac, the family man, have their shit figured out. And it's only Ethan who's who's struggling. But then you realize that, no, you know, Isaac has anxieties about being a father. He just, he's kept them inside because he's wanted to be strong for his wife. And meanwhile, Chris is considered older for a football player. Um, I guess athletes just age out earlier than the rest of us. He's only in his 30s, but he's already considered like a geriatric football player, and he's struggling with that and struggling with um, using performance-enhancing drugs. Um, and so, and then, of course, meanwhile, Ethan is still hung up on his ex-girlfriend and also still in this this idea that he doesn't know what to do with his life. He feels stuck, Um and he still blames a lot of his personal failings on on the trauma and the tragedy from when they were in high school with losing his parents. So you realize that all three of them are kind of struggling. Yes. <laughs> but the other, just two of them are better at hiding it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so eventually they make their way to this giant culmination of the film, which is the party. Mm-hmm. And after their pub crawl um, and... And they're all upset with each other at that point. Like, yeah. They're all pissed at each other. No one wants to hang out anymore. They're all angry for all their various different reasons. They've snipped at each other. Mm-hmm. Some are higher than others. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then they're at this, essentially a giant rave. Like this really well-organized, fancy rave. Which is essentially what this party is. Yeah, and all I could think about the whole time was like, this is still happening even though COVID is a thing right now. Do you, th- where? Uh, Florida, like all of Florida. Oh, well, granted. <laughs> um, and I'm sure, you know, there's plenty of places in our city here in Anchorage. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, those, those, um, those snowfield parties can get intense. Yeah. Um, the snow farm where they farm snow in the snowfield. Yep. Yeah. In the snow barn. And it's just so cold here that we have to take uh, extra precautions when spreading contagions. Because <laughs> it's harder to spread the contagion mm-hmm. out in the in the uh, the air. Yes. Uh, when it's so cold, but that is what we are trying to do. Yes. No, I will say watching this film is, oh, God, they go they go to the restaurant and they do karaoke and everything's great. And I miss being near other people, Harrison. Yes. I miss karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this movie will make you depressed for a number of reasons. Um, (laughs) That being one. Uh, And in the very end, in a very kind of weird gaslighty moment, (laughs) Ethan (laughs) sees Miley Cyrus and then is, proposes to his ex who he hasn't been with for three months i don't know if it's gaslighting. yeah i don't know if it's gaslighting maybe the word is more like it's manipulative it's manipulative i think you could probably argue that any proposal especially a proposal like this any marriage proposal that the 
recipient of the proposal doesn't know what's going to happen is inherently manipulative, especially when it's in public. Yeah. This is. And if you're listening, especially if you literally aren't dating and haven't spoken for three months. (laughs) If you haven't seen the film and you're thinking, I thought you said they broke up. Yes. But then, um, Miley Cyrus, who guest stars in this film, um, sort of convinces Ethan that he needs to do something like a grand romantic gesture and nothing's more romantic than proposing marriage. So So who's to blame (laughs) in your opinion? Is it Miley Cyrus or is it, problematic ethan miller it's problematic ethan but i want to quote mr green here and say um we both know that miley was flawless yes that's true a quote from this film that michael and i say all the time i'm doing that thing i'm now i'm just not fidgeting with a pen i'm fidgeting with the with the pole on my lamp oh so i'm sorry if anyone could hear that i'm gonna stop um so let's get to the end of the movie what happens so, the Lizzie Kaplan's character says yes to marriage, but she only says it because, according to her, she didn't want Miley Cyrus to believe that she didn't believe in love. <laughs> um, but basically, in the end, everything kind of comes—you know—everything comes out in the open. You know, Chris is honest about his um, his use of performance-enhancing steroids, and he he kind of talks to his mom um, about this, and then Ethan. Um, Ethan reconciles with with Lizzie Kaplan's character and and they kind of address some of the issues that he had had as a shitty boyfriend like not meeting her parents and and just being kind of um like a passive person in their relationship and then Isaac Seth Rogen's character you know admits to his wife that he's scared too and they kind of bond over that instead of that being a point of contention um, and, and it's sort of revealed that like Mr. Green was like like you said he's like this ghost of Christmas past and he he was leading everyone to these conclusions that would make them more honest and open with their loved ones um, and yes. ready to move on. <laughs> and then he, and gain, then the, he gains his angel wings and flies away. Yes! <laughs> and at the, yes, at the very, very end, <laughs> he gets, and then isn't the whole thing, um, Santa's telling the story and Tracy Morgan is Santa. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. <laughs> Oh man, no. Um, yes, and they are all friends in the end. They get together for the following Christmas at one of their houses. So it's revealed that even though it seemed like they were going to stop being friends, they have become friends. And I assume everyone lives happily ever after. And that is the night before. That was the night before. The um, end. The end. I love this movie. Obviously. Do yes. you, do you, do you know my secret? No. Secret. Spill it. My, so I never, um, I was never one for Christmas movies. Like I never, it's not like I have Christmas movies that I watch every year. Um, until I got with Michael and his family has a lot of very strong Christmas traditions. Um, and so I was like, eh, Christmas movies are cool. I think Elf is maybe the first Christmas movie I ever watched and thought like Christmas movies are dope. I love Elf. This is great. What about The Nightmare Before um, Christmas? I always consider that a Halloween movie. I know you're not supposed to, but also, Nightmare Before Christmas is weird. I actually didn't see The Nightmare Before Christmas until I was older. When I was a kid, I had the soundtrack, and I thought the soundtrack was really great. 
But it wasn't until I was a teenager that I actually saw the movie. And it was like, oh, <laughs> this is a movie with the songs. Um, I don't know how that happened. But the point is, um, once I saw this movie, I was like, you know what? This is my favorite. This is my, this is my Christmas movie. I showed it to my in-laws, and now it's one of their, like, stable of Christmas movies. I fucking love this movie. It's got everything that everyone else always says that they like in their Christmas movies. But it's mine. <laughs> my Christmas movie, Harrison. <laughs> I'll give it to you. You can have it. Thank you. I um, want to know what you thought about it, though, because I... And I will say, please be honest, I just revealed my emotions. <laughs> I want you to be honest. I'll be honest. Without um, fear of offending me, even though we will not be friends anymore. Understood. You didn't like this film. Yes. Okay. Um, no, I didn't. I, uh, I'm kind of middle of the road. And okay. I think that um, inter- it was like a, a well-rounded stoner. I do, I do cling strongly to that title because it is kind of inseparable from Seth Rogen's other stoner films for me. Um, I, I will say like the positives that I really liked about it was it's like a diverse cast and they cover a lot of things that aren't even like considered in other Christmas movies. Like I like that the main character, one of the main characters is Jewish. One of them is Christian. Mm-hmm. They mentioned, they even mentioned like Kwanzaa in the film I think that it does like a good job covering a lot of different bases, which I thought was cool. Um, the plot is really funny. I love the way that everything unfolds and like the way that it's shot and then this Christmas party mystery is just so comical. They like go down this hallway behind a bodega in order to get to the actual party. Um, yeah. And then there's like people dancing in <laughs> snow globes. It was just, it was silly and fun. Um <laughs> And I, I enjoyed all those things about it. Um, I think that um, the big problem for me is the thing that I mentioned with Ethan kind of like manipulating the character into saying yes, because I think that's just really kind of like gross. And I think that it made me think about um, another film that just came out, which is receiving a whole lot of positive press called happiest season have you watched it yet oh yes and it was a huge disappointment have we already have we talked about this we haven't but the ending reminds me of this where it's like a character is manipulated into staying and it's very obviously like an abuse (laughs) like emotional abuse uh and you question like why that's kind of the end i think if that component of this movie had been removed if like mm-hmm. it wasn't culminating in like a love interest, even if he had figured his shit out, but it wasn't at the expense of manipulating her in the film, mm-hmm. I think I would have like enjoyed it a little more. I, um, yes. I don't, you know, it didn't ruin the film for me. I still had a great, I would definitely watch this movie again. It may, I mean, uh, it didn't make me like laugh out loud, but I kind of like, you know, it was like a chuckle film. I, f- I feel mm-hmm. like it's a good like background film, which might come off as, uh, like an insult but i don't mean it that way i think that that's like a good trait of a movie when you can put it on in the background and watch it over and over and over again um Mm -hmm. at least for me um no i i would agree with that so yeah i i enjoyed it overall i i love seth rogan uh i i know me too so yeah all of those things i was pleased with and i think it did a good job of kind of touching on you know like the sad reality of a lot of people who don't have families 
during the holidays and obviously in this you know story it's because he's orphaned but um i think that like the key takeaway is that a lot of us are um our friends are our families and so i think that it was a you know it was pretty wholesome um and I just think it was hilarious how it ended and the fact that it was narrated by Tracy Morgan and he was Santa. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was like a feel-good, fun holiday party. You know, I see I see what you're saying with the happiest season and the parallels there. Um, and maybe we should do a podcast episode about happiest season. Maybe we shouldn't go all the way down this rabbit hole because I feel like I have plenty to say yeah, about for happiest sure. season. Yeah, for sure. And that's I, I that's a trope of a lot of holiday films. Like I don't know that mm-hmm. it's necessarily like the fault of this movie specifically. I just think pointing that out is kind of important because it's like it it's is. a bad look. <laughs> well, I mentioned what, earlier when I recapped the end of this film that everyone quote unquote lives happily ever after, but I do want to say that I think that the relationship that is left with the Ethan character and the Lizzie Kaplan character who god damn it what's her name? Diana. Mm-hmm. Diana? Her name is Diana? Yeah, okay. Diana. Sure. Ethan and Diana, they end on this note where it seems like, and Diana's, you know, says like, I don't actually want to marry you. Like that was fucked up. You put me on the spot. There was a resolution. And I got this sense that it was more like she's, she was sort of interested in getting back together with him in the first place. And now it's not that they're 100% again. Right. It's that she's willing to try again, and he's willing to work on his bullshit. And I'm glad they which, made that clear, because she, you yes. know, they have a conversation at the end, and, and she says, like, oh, I'm always asking about you, and he's like, I'm always asking too, and she's like, I know, my friend tells me. So mm-hmm. I think that was a good way to kind of conclude that problem. It, it didn't see, and again, not to, because I do think we could do an episode on The Happiest Season, not to, to completely give that away, but there's not that kind of actual idea that like we both have shit we're going to work on especially you joseph gordon levitt right or in in happiest season that woman with the wig whatever the hell her name is (laughs) the woman with the wig (laughs) oh she's awful i hate her i can't even remember her name anyway i'm not giving away too much for happy season um harper you're talking about harper no you're yeah you're talking about harper yes i'm no i'm not talking about case do obviously of course not not abby lawless we stan abby (laughs) We do stand Abby. Um, no, 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 no. So I, it's, it's a more mature, and it's not like everything is okay. They're gonna get, they're gonna get married, and everything is beautiful. It's like, no, that was fucked up. You shouldn't have proposed to her. And if you are interested in a long term relationship with her, you know, you, this is, this is something that you're gonna have to work on, and you're gonna have to grow the fuck up, grow up, and not. It's not about grand romance like romantic gestures that wasn't the problem the problem was you weren't communicating and you weren't connecting like two adults yeah um i think you mentioned the friends as family that is my that is my lifeblood friends as family is the trope of my soul so i'm always a sucker for films like that yes. always 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 so that's maybe one of the reasons why this is like what i consider to be my christmas film mm-hmm. um because, you know, I lost my mom when I was young, and then I lost my grandma, and they were who raised me, so I can relate to this Ethan character with not having a home for Christmas. Right. Um, I mentioned my in-laws earlier. They're kind of like this family I'm lucky to have through my husband, um, and I 
I just think, you know, this reminds me of our review of Final Girls where it's, like, impossible for me to remove, like... The personal from it. Yeah, my personal family stuff and being a somewhat orphan, because I'm not actually an orphan, because I do have a dad who's never going to listen to this podcast, so... (laughs) But he did not raise me, and we have a somewhat tenuous relationship. Um, But um, a functional orphan, as it were. I relate to Ethan a lot, where Mm -hmm. you're like, you know that your friends have actual families, and sometimes your, your obsession with being left behind can fuck up your relationships yeah. because in the back of your mind, you're like, I can't let people go because I don't, I have nothing to fall back on and the rest of them do. Yeah. Um, which can bleed into how he doesn't want to meet Diana's family parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it can, it can lead to these, these issues, these that come back to like arrested development that come to this idea that you, um, something traumatic happened when you were still forming you know, socially and emotionally, and now you're stunted in a certain way. And it's going to be harder than it maybe was for others right. to climb back out. Um, not to say that others don't have, again, um, their own problems, which is a big thing with his friends, who, again, seem to be successful in their family and their careers, but then because they are humans, mm-hmm. have these issues. So. So like with Final Girls, I feel like this is like I can't be subjective about this film because I relate to it on a personal level and I love it. Yes. I love it. So are you ready for your rating? I'm so ready. I think I set myself up for what the rating for this film is going to be for me because it is six out of six, six out of six. Like this is my Christmas movie. (laughs) I hold this movie in my heart. I love this film so much. So, 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 so much. It's hilarious. I always, I don't say, like, when I recommend it, like, I'm deeply personally attached to this film. I say it's it's fucking hilarious. Seth Rogen's scene in the Catholic Church for Midnight Mass is, like, literally... Oh, my God, it's so good. The funniest scenes in any movie ever. Highly recommend. Even if you're not going to be a big sap about it, like I am. It's a great film. Yeah. So, six out of six for me. Six out of six. Seth Rogen's dick. I won't be offended no matter what you give a Harrison. That's fine. Um, I'm going to give it a... Ooh, I'm stuck between two. I'm going to give it... A, I'm going to give it a four. A good solid score. It is a good solid score. I, I definitely am not going to give it a six because it doesn't... Uh, it misses the mark on a lot of things that satisfy me in a movie um but i still had fun watching it i would watch it again next year um it it's a it's one of the better christmas movies i think it's really funny it's a fun ride um i don't think it's like outstanding by any means for me but i just think you know i don't know what christmas movie would be to be completely honest um (laughs) Yeah, so a Christmas story, would you give a Christmas story a six? Is that No, I would probably give it a four or a five as well. Um You haven't found your Christmas movie. And it's not to say that that movie isn't doing a lot on its own and it's or you know, in its own ways. My I gave Batman I gave Batman Returns six out of six, if you recall. And that all is right, a Christmas movie. Right. I mean I <laughs> <laughs> I mean Michael would agree with you, for um, sure. 
Yeah, I don't, you know, I, uh, like I said, I chuckled a little bit, but I wasn't like, it wasn't, hilarity wasn't ensuing for me. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think it's, I wouldn't say that it's like a standout Christmas film amongst all the Christmas films. I don't know that if someone, even after watching it, even if I do watch it every year, if someone's like, what's the best Christmas movie? I don't know that this would be the movie that I I went to, but I do think... All the positive things I said about it earlier still resonated with me. I think the cast was really great. I think the dialogue was really funny. I think that um, the situation is this definitely a situation comedy. Like all the situations they find themselves in, all the people who were featured in this movie were really funny. Like I'm so glad Alana Glazer was in it. Yes. Uh, I think I think they, but they all did a really good job of playing characters that they've established. And maybe, yeah, oh, maybe that's sure. another reason why it's like, oh, I know Alana. Like, I know Alana through Broad City. That's that character. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I know Seth no, Rogen in every movie that he does. For, and like, Michael and- Shannon is like that, like, how you think of as, as Michael Shannon as a person, not necessarily who he plays. But right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all of that was fun because it felt familiar, but I don't know that any of the acting did anything that... Uh, was outstanding. Um, even James Franco. Yeah, even James Franco. <laughs> uh, I think that was a funny reveal, but it was. Um, yeah, but also I, a very uh, what is it? A dated reveal. I think you know. Yeah. Any, kid, any like teenager or twenty something who watches it now would be like, I mean, I guess I know who James Franco is, but not the way they would have even five years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a funny situation comedy. Strong four out of six. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do... This is our second second Christmas movie? What did we do last is, time? Well, technically, this oh. is our third. Oh my god, I forgot. I've already blocked it out. I'm not sure if everyone listened to our last episode. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want to wish that pain upon you. The pain that yeah. we... Exp- well, actually... I don't think the episode was painful. I think that the the movie that we watched was painful. I hope it wasn't. In fact, we should just have a campaign. Don't worry about the 2006 uh, Black Christmas. Just listen to this podcast about it, and then we can maybe get rid of... It can be a lost film. Uh All of the reels are gone. Somehow it is erased from all digital media. It is a lost video, and you can wonder at how bad it was, but you'll never be able to watch it. Yes. That's exactly what I propose. Um, So yeah, we're on a roll. We did the Black Christmas remake remake, and then the Black Christmas remake, and then now (laughs) the the night before. And Um, then we have some fun stuff in store for the next few weeks. We do. I kind of want to... And by that I mean Christmas is next week? What? Oh my god, I know. Actually, that's crazy. Maybe we can... We should talk because, you know... uh, I am teaching. Today's my last day teaching. What is it? Friday today? Um, is today so, Friday? Well, is it Harrison? Is it listeners? <laughs> <laughs> my point here is, is that just like, what am I going to do over winter break? Travel and see my family? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Visit your weed dealer, Mr. Green. <laughs> Not even my weed dealer, Mr. Green, who I don't have and don't indulge in. Um, I am going to be sitting on my couch watching Christmas movies, 
drinking whiskey and beer and bothering you about recording more episodes. So and I will happily accept. How many will we do when I am in that state? Are we just going to watch Black Christmas 1, 2, and 3? We'll call them over and over and over again. <laughs> no. But we should we should talk about Happiest Season. Because, again, lots of thoughts, lots of feelings. Lots of anger. Lots of anger. Disappointment, really. Disappointment. Yeah. We'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it, viewers. Stay yes. tuned. We yes, hope everyone has a safe weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Wait, you didn't remind me of the thing. Oh, what thing? <laughs> ah. Oh, yes, go. I never miss a high.